Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Freed Thinker Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Vela. On this episode, we're going to be talking about pantheism, Christianity, reasons for belief. I got into a conversation on Discord with a, uh, a gentleman by the name of The Philosophy Guy. Um, he was on Discord under that name. He has a YouTube under that name. His website is thephilosophyguy.fireside.fm, the I believe. Uh, is is the full uh, is the full uh, website? Um, I would uh, just want to say that my uh, this conversation I was in was actually on a, a drive home, so the audio is not fantastic. Um, it's it's actually rather uh, rather abysmally bad on my end, but I think the conversation is very interesting, very uh, fruitful. Um, it does kind of start. Uh, his introduction starts um, a couple of minutes in because we had kind of a pointless conversation to begin with, talk about what the actual topic was. And then it cuts off because he has to he had to leave. The conversation actually went on. There was a um, an agnostic or a, a deist of some kind who came in uh, afterward, um, which the, that that conversation continued, but the recording for it, uh, end. So I did. I, we did expound on some of these topics that are discussed, but it's just not part of the recording. But there's a you know almost an hour and a half of content here. I think it's a very interesting discussion in uh, not not necessarily a debate, just a discussion between worldviews. And I think a lot of there's a lot of productive um, advancements that occur in this dialogue that don't typically happen. Um, this was also my first time ever talking to someone who is a uh, kind of a pantheist for pragmatic reasons. So it was uh, it was interesting to engage with that as well. So with that, let's just dive right into the show. Enjoy the discussion. The middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. Target acquired. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. So today's episode is another discussion-based episode. And this one is, I need to put some, a little explanation so you kind of know what it's about going in and kind of to explain a couple of things really quick. So basically, I um, this was a conversation we kind of put together somewhat last minute, same day. And it, I'm involved with the d- Discord group, um, this kind of theology discussion group. And yeah, we, we kind of got a conversation together. I actually didn't know going in if I was going to post it on my podcast feed, but I found the, the conversation so helpful that I decided to post it up on the main feed of, of my podcast. Um, so saying that, the reason I was considering not was because it was kind of thrown together last minute, so the audio isn't great on Tyler's end, who is the Christian I brought on, um, for, for about the first like 15 minutes. Um, but then after that, it improves a little bit. Um, but it's still like easily listenable. I wouldn't uh, post it on here if it wasn't still easily to listen to. It's just not kind of the microphone quality you might be used to, which it, it's not Tyler's fault. It was just because 
I didn't know for sure where I was going to post it. It was more, I just wanted to have the conversation, but I found it so beneficial. I recorded it and here we are. So basically to kind of give you some explanation, I'm going to post that discord group below. Of course, my discord group. And then also I'll try to post the links of people involved in the discussion. Um, and as you know, if you're like involved in my discord, you know that I've been looking for a, a, like a, a Christian that's, you can tell that has thought deeply about some of these things to talk to you about some of my ideas around spirituality, um, around religion itself, around truth and around worldviews, and also kind of just connecting with spiritual experiences and personal experiences and stuff like that. Kind of those hot button issues that I kind of generalized there, but to kind of give you the gist of what the conversation's about. And yeah, it was basically a discussion around those, and I kind of wanted to get a Christian's feedback and what, how, like, what a basically a well-versed in philosophy type of Christian would respond to some of the issues I raised and also that they can hear my perspective and stuff like that. And Tyler was great for that. We also had Uris, who, and I'll try to get a link for his, he's kind of like a TikTok philosopher. Um, so I got his, I'll get his uh, stuff below as well if I can. Um, but yeah, so to give you more about Tyler, because most of the conversation that's posted here today is mostly between Tyler and I. And it's about, he's he's a Christian, he's an ex-atheist and host of The Freed Thinker on YouTube. And you can also find The Freed Thinker wherever you listen to podcasts as well. So check those out to kind of get some more of his ideas. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And I had a lot of fun with it. And yeah, let's enter the labyrinth. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have a lot of strict beliefs because I realize I don't know nearly enough about anything to like possibly have a, I guess you could say, fixed worldview. Um, but some of the, the ideas that I kind of lean towards and like and kind of like put, I'm interested in, and I think they have some interesting perspectives. I guess I'll kind of align myself with those for the sake of this discussion, but. Um, I kind of like some of the ideas around, yeah, like pantheism, like you mentioned. Um, and then also, I guess, maybe like the main one that might spark conversation and pushback that would be kind of fun is this idea that the universe is conscious in a sense, or like there's something fundamental about consciousness to the universe. And I think if we kind of take a more outward perspective of that, an outward view of that, you could kind of spin that into a concept of God. So that's why I don't really call myself an atheist. Um, and I don't even like, I really even call myself an agnostic because I kind of like that idea of if the universe is conscious, if we accept that, then there is some sort of concept of God that fits into that because there's some sort of guiding energy, guiding force to it. And my basis for believing, I guess, the universe is conscious stems from, well, <laughs> I don't know how much I want to unpack right now, but like to kind of give you the basic idea it's kind of like this idea, I guess you could start with like this idea, it's called, um, how do I pronounce it? I think it's holism. Holism, it's more of like this top-down approach. And uh, you know, some people in science really accept it as well. It's this top-down approach in the sense that it believes that the universe kind of has these more um, complex systems in place, and then everything else falls under that. Where like a lot of times... The accepted view in science as well, and I don't want to say accepted view, but a common view in science is like the, the more of the bottom-up approach, 
where it's like all these kind of smaller structures and systems make complex systems, right? So like the offshoot of that runs into the the cosmopsychism that I think was mentioned in the chat before this discussion, where it kind of goes into that idea that A, consciousness is fundamental to the universe, and B, it kind of goes in line with this idea that there is this one consciousness that we're kind of all pulling from. Um, and that kind of gets me into, so those beliefs kind of lead me into a desire to kind of understand the spiritual experience. Cause I think the spiritual experiences that people have stem from this conscious experience. Cause that's what we have. And that's kind of the, we all have our own unique conscious experience. So that's why I'm fascinated by like what Christians have to say about that. And kind of, I think, I think that's enough to kind of get the conversation started. But feel free to ask me any like clarifier questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know how helpful of an interlocutor. I'll be honest because I just I don't read very widely in the world of pantheism or panentheism or uh, right. you know, cosmic psychism or anything like that. Um, so it's just it's just an area of uh, religious uh, epistemology or philosophy or religion that I have not read next to anything on. Right. Um, uh, but I, I, I guess just conceptually to help me understand it, because I'm not sure that I, well, I, I'm not, I know. Sorry, so when you, you, you cut out there for like one second, if you want to <laughs> rephrase. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, I don't really understand the view, and I'm, that's not a fault on yours. It's just, it's a newer concept. I'm trying mm-hmm. to flesh what it even means. Right. And so so pantheism, pantheism is historically that uh, everything is divine, right? So so God just is the collective of all things, right? Yeah, essentially. So, That's good. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and panentheism is kind of like a very imminent version omnipresence, right? So it's just not, it's not that a transcendent God is just omnipresent. It's, it's that you know, uh, there there is there is a God outside of nature, but they're only present in nature. It's just kind of weird quasi cross of pantheism and, and omnipresence. Um, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on kind of which direction you'd go between like pantheism or panentheism, or are, are neither of those kind of the right category? I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's like one of those things where I'm not like strictly on one of those like i would both find both of those i would find interesting to align myself with if that makes sense so i guess the main thing like the main importance of like say i'm like i'm to align myself for like this conversation is this idea i guess around consciousness but like i don't know i i we can steer the conversation towards that direction where you kind of ask me about that um but i was also kind of curious because like Although it, it comes across as like a very almost like spiritual slash religious area of thought, but it's also like a really philosophical school of thought. And it's also uh, kind of getting some traction in the scientific community. So it's kind of, it plays both sides. It's kind of part of the reason I find it interesting is because it kind of allows me to have conversations with a bunch of people. <laughs> um, so yeah, we can like steer it whatever way you want in the sense that we can do it more on that. Or I was also thinking like, cause I'm also kind of curious of how you got to your worldview 
of because like you, you're a Christian, right? And then saying like, because yeah. like, so I guess maybe let me backtrack for like one second to kind of explain why I kind of find this important for this conversation on like the pantheism stuff is because through that worldview, it's, it doesn't, it allows me to basically not discount spiritual experiences that people have. It's not saying that it, they're like, ne- it's not necessarily saying they're getting in tune with some like special thing in the universe. It's more saying like those experiences can be really real for them and very insightful for them. And it could also leave open the door that it's possibly giving them insight maybe into something about the universe. Um, so I guess the main purpose is, is I find that, and I, and I know like what you said earlier that maybe this, this isn't you, but a lot of Christians, for example, they discount other people's spiritual experiences. Um, and I guess I want to know kind of their reasons for doing that. And I'm not, yeah, like I said, like it, maybe you're not the, this does, this isn't you, but I'm still like curious of like how you came to Christianity, for example. Um, so just, just again, for, for conceptual clarity, and, I, and I'm not, again, I, I understand that, you know, you're, you're not even, I, I wouldn't even say that from, from what you've just said, I wouldn't even say that you affirm these just kind of, you're playing with the ideas. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and that it allows you, maybe you're not, you're not really comfortable with saying, oh, well, you know, 99% of humanity that's ever lived is just flat out delusional. Um, but you, you're not really comfortable with saying, oh, well, you know, you know, all these contradictory claims are somehow all veridical either. Right. So, so this, this view seems to help you navigate that, that tension. Is that, is that fair? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, let's start. Let's, yeah, let's go. Let's see where that, that takes us for sure. Okay. That's an accurate yeah, assessment. I mean, yeah. I, uh, so, I mean, for, for how I got to where I got, just um, I, I guess when I when I ask when I think about those questions, I I have a I, I understand a pretty strong kind of dichotomy between how someone actually comes to a belief in something, um, and then kind of the abstract conversation about how. Um, how you might demonstrate that a belief is warranted or someone is justified in holding that belief, right? right. So, um, you know, why some, someone might come, um, you know, for, for example, I, I mean, I've had uh, religious experiences, nothing in kind of, I, you know, I, I don't think I've had anything in quite the, the mystical religious experience whatsoever, but I've, I've had what I consider to be a religious experience, Um that might be something that adds warrant for me, for, for me to believe, right? I, I think I'm justified in in my belief about it, absent any you know any defeaters for. It. But I'm, but I wouldn't use that as as say, you know, here's here's a reason why you know my my personal experience is now a demonstration for why you ought to have the same religious beliefs as that, that I have, right? I, I just, I don't think warrant always works in both directions that way. Does that make sense? You don't, uh, sorry, say that last one. I like, couldn't really hear it very well. You don't think what warrants? I I don't think warrant necessarily works in both directions, right? okay. I I might have a religious experience that that warrants my belief, right? So, so given my warrant, I'm justified to believe what I believe. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's the case that the same thing that, that, that warrants my belief so that I can be justified in my belief is something that I can then turn around as evidence for why you, who right. hasn't had that, that, that experience, should, should you know, believe, right? It's not, it's not my, my experience isn't warrant for you to believe. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, I right, right. totally agree with that not, point. <laughs> at least it's not necessary, right? So, right. so it, it may it may be the case that that you think I am of such a of such a character and such a conviction. You believe my testimony. I mean, t- mm-hmm. testimony it can be a warranting condition. It's just I, I'm not certain that that experiences that are entirely private, like religious experiences are, typically um, are are of that nature. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I guess I kind of figured that's what you were meaning when we were like chatting about it. Um, yeah. So I guess so, because I'm assuming I don't want to like. So tell me if I categorize you wrong in any way, but I so you still believe that say like you should try to get people to become Christian, right? Yeah, I I and I, I affirm that. I, I think the biblical mandate for the Great Commission is is obvious and clear. So, okay. So, so what makes you like, what, what reasons do you have for believing like say Christianity is true? And that, and that would also include the spiritual aspects of Christianity, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I've, uh, I've met a few, I don't know if you've like heard of these people, but, um, they're like Christians where they follow the, I guess, I guess it's wrong to categorize them as Christians technically from Christians. Um, but, but they like follow the Christian morality, for example, but they are atheists. I don't know if you heard of them. So I just want to like, make sure you weren't that. Um, yeah, no, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I am, I'm a, a Christian in the, you know, intrinsically religious. Right. I, I have, I have high levels of intrinsic religiosity, right. To, to use kind of the, the sociological way to, de- to describe, uh, uh, religion as, as opposed to extrinsic religion, which is kind of the, what you described, kind of the outward, outward trappings of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can just, uh, just interject for a second, Tyler, yeah. I think it would be helpful for Brendan at this point, if maybe now you kind of lay out your concept of God, just kind of tease yeah. out what you mean by God. And then uh, we can talk, we can toss the ball back to Brendan and see if Brendan, if, if that view of God that Tyler accepts, if that's similar, you're thinking about God and, and uh, just so we can kind of just see where we agree, where we don't, where, where we disagree, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I mean, I, I affirm, I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian theist, right? So, right. Um, and, and I'm a Christian theist in, in the reform tradition. So I, you know, I, I I, I very self-consciously am not trying to defend um, theism generally, right? I mean, I, I, I think that, that my, uh, my belief and my worldview is consistent in, in affirming and defending the, the God of classical Christian theism, right? So um, not, not only, you know, kind of the perfect being, omnimax being of the philosophers, uh, but specifically... Uh, the, you know the, the trinitarian God who has revealed Himself in the person and work of Jesus Christ, right? So, so that that would be the the concept of God that that I would affirm and, and defend. Okay, um, uh, let, let me see if I can like think of a because I'm still like curious. So I guess I am curious of like how 
Can you give me, if this is too much to ask, just like say, because I know this is kind of like an on-the-fly conversation. Um, yeah. Like what basis do you have for basically believing that? Like why Why is, because like you seem like someone that's like very into philosophy and stuff and all that, but like what brought you to Christianity itself? And you can get into like the doctrine. You don't need to get into like the concepts of, of like why we need a first mover and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is why I said that, that what brought me to, to Christian conviction, uh, you know, to faith in Jesus Christ is, is not necessarily the same thing, um, that I think, uh, would be the same as like a, a, a reasonable case for something. Right. So I, you know, I think apologetics, a reasonable case is the simply the impossibility of the contrary. Um, but what, you right. know, what brought me to faith is this is where something like religious experience, uh, happened because I was an atheist, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, self-admittedly and ardently an atheist, um, and and I it's it's my conviction now. You know, I th- I think sometimes we we get warrant in conviction by looking back on on how something happened, even if in the moment we're not we're not sure of what's going on. Um, you know, now I would look back and I'd say, oh well, you know, I I, I thank God because it was entirely uh, it was entirely by his by his act by his by his sovereign. Uh, administration of, of grace to me that that I that I came to believe right so um, I, you know that there there's kind of that theological answer um, mm-hmm. the biographical answer is is simply that um, uh, I I was in a philosophy program and started to have by my atheistic professor started to have because uh, he he was honest enough to admit that there are some really good uh, you know arguments for the existence of God the moral argument being one. Um, that naturalism just is is failing to give adequate answers and explanations for, and that that kind of opened up my thinking to um, to reflect on my my own worldview. I became what uh, Van Til and Bonson called epistemologically self aware, and started uh, that 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 sounds kind of mystical, but it's not. It's actually just a philosophical term to say that that I, I started to become aware of my epistemic commitments, my presuppositions. Whether or not those were consistent to ground my own my own worldview and rationality, whether they were consistent to ground uh, objective moral values and duties, and so on and so forth, um, and and just came to the conviction that they that they were not, um, and that the reasons for my atheism and naturalism, uh, for example, um, just started to become uh, intrinsically less possible um, than than some of the brute facts. Uh, not I shouldn't say brute facts. Some of the the the, the necessary facts of, of reality, like objective moral values and duties, um, that that were explained by God, right? So um, that started the the process down, um, and so I started, you know, reading as much as I could in religious philosophy. Started reading uh, various religious traditions. Uh, I just, for different reasons, find different religious traditions uh, wholly philosophically inadequate. Um. And so I, I think the Christian, I found even as a, as a kind of this, uh, nat, deconverting naturalist, I found, um, the, the robust intellectual tradition of Christianity to be far more sad. Like at the time, I wouldn't say satisfying, far more interesting, um, mm-hmm. than, than a lot of these other traditions. Um, and so I started exploring, uh, started exploring Christianity and, and, uh, through that process, basically reading through the Bible, um, coming to know Jesus Christ as my Savior that way. Um, so it's it's you know it's it's somewhat interesting to me that the way that 
uh, at least in my life, and I know this doesn't always or even mostly occur this way, but the, you know, I, I think that I was somewhat uh, predestined to become a presuppositionalist because the, the, my deconversion story was largely through uh, almost a, a case study in presuppositionalism of the <laughs> failure of the internal working of my naturalistic worldview to account for some of these transcendental facts of reality and, and so on and so forth. I wouldn't have, I didn't know the language then to say that. Right. But now looking back and, and having the language and the categories, that was largely my experience. Um, so, and, and, and within that, you know, during that time, during the, the, at the actual kind of conversion moment, that's where I actually had a somewhat, um, you know, religious experience, although mine was nothing like the religious experience that other people have where they feel euphoria and all that kinds of, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I actually, I actually had almost the exact opposite religious experience where I felt uh, very, very unclean, very undone, very, very, um, uh, very sickly uh, feeling um, intellectually and, and, and spiritually now looking back on it. Um, it was almost a, a, a kind of where, where people have this kind of overwhelming sense of, of joy in some religious experiences. I had mm-hmm. kind of a an all-encompassing um, kind of oppressive se- sense of the opposite, um, uh, which was which was uh, obviously caught caught <laughs> caught my attention, um, and and I think that that's uh, that that was one of the that was the moment um, that that I felt um, sinful before God, um, and 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 where I had the first realization of oh I actually am um, sinful before a creator I I am. I'm not just sinful as in I've done bad things to my, to, to people. Um, and I, you know, I'm not like a horrible person. I'm not like a murderer or stealer. I was, I, you know, I was actually, uh, you know, by, by all accounts, a rather, uh, quote unquote moral person. I wasn't, I, I don't have one of those, like I was an alcoholic and, <laughs> you know, sleeping around. I, I mean, I, I didn't do any of that. Uh, but, but felt, uh, uh, very, very, uh, just the, the, the weight of sin in that moment was, uh, was, that was my religious experience. Okay. Yeah. So I think you, okay. You intrigued me now. Um, so from this is okay. And feel free to correct me if I'm, I don't want to like put words in your mouth. So I'm going to try to like interpret what you said. So what yeah. I got out of that was you basically studied philosophy. You had this like understanding, you had a problem with the naturalist worldview and, and like one clarifier question, we don't need to get too deep into it. We can always like do this after I like kind of express my thoughts. But when you yeah. say like naturalism, are you like saying that like the realist position in philosophy doesn't account f- for everything Were you kind of like a more anti-realist approach? Um, I, I wouldn't say that it was realist or anti-realist though, though, even as a naturalist, I was a realist. Okay. <clears throat> um, uh, naturalism, the, the sense that I'm using it is kind of in the, um, the, the philosophical naturalist sense where, where, um, uh, where I believed that, you know, I, I agreed with, with Sagan that the cosmos is all that is, all that was, and all that, that ever will be, that there was nothing outside of, uh, uh, you know, transcendent to logically prior to grounding, anything like that to the natural order, whether okay. or not that meant just our, just our local universe or, you know, the, the cosmos is kind of, um, all, all of, all of whatever the universe or the multiverse or, 
you know, parallel right. universes, whatever, whatever, however extensive the natural goes, that that's all that there is. That was, that so, was my, that was my atheistic worldview. Okay. So I think, so this is, okay. So this is where you can like, tell me if I mischaracterize you here. So basically you had a problem with kind of this naturalist worldview, almost like a materialist worldview. Right. And then you kind of went searching and you went searching for something beyond like more, like, I guess you could say spiritual, supernatural, transcendent, like you kind of said. And that's what brought you through personal experience, brought you to Christianity. And I say personal experience where you more connected with the Bible more, for example, and stuff like that. Um, is that, is that a good characterization? Well, uh, I, I can get why you're going that way. The, the reason why it kind of felt disparate is because all of these things were kind of happening at the same time. Um, and so, uh, you know, while the philosophical was moving in a progression um, towards the end of it, some of these things were kind of stacked simultaneous with each other. Um, I, I, the only, I, I think you're mostly right. The only thing that I would say is that it wasn't simply that I became um, kind of dissatisfied and unsure of naturalism. Uh, I actually got to a point where, um, uh, which I, which I still largely hold, uh, that not only did we not know how naturalism, like it wasn't, it wasn't just kind of, I don't know how naturalism would do this. Um, I, I actually have positive reasons to think that naturalism cannot do it. Mm. Um, and so based on that, you know, based on, okay, well now I think naturalism, it's just, it's just not, I'm not just agnostic with regard to naturalism, you know, speaking of myself back then, you know, I, I, I became actually convinced that naturalism is false. Okay. Um, Somewhat, somewhat on the order of what what you know Nagel does, um, but I also found uh, this was way before Nagel wrote his mind in Cosmos. Um, you know, he's he's kind of expressed very similar uh, similar concerns, um, but I but I didn't find any uh, any real uh, you know atheistic alternative. You know, any other worldviews uh, that are that are atheistic in any sense. Um, that fared any better. They, they seem to fare, you know, existentialism seemed to fare far worse. Pragmatism far, I I mean, I just think, I I don't know how anyone is a pragmatist. Um, So, you know, there, there's, there, there, there was positive reasons for why I thought it failed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, so at that point, then I said, okay, well, I mean, if naturalism can't, can't account for it, then at that point, my, my methodological naturalism, because, you know, I was a methodological naturalist, um, altered, right? I didn't abandon it. I, I actually still, I actually still largely hold the methodological naturalism when it comes to science, right? So, so basically, what was, you know, a kind of an epistemological method um, just got, you know, I just trimmed the fat and it just trimmed down to, okay, well, that's that's a good methodology for science, but beyond that, it's it's largely not helpful. Um, so, uh, so, so then, at that point, I just, you know, I started exploring. Uh, other options, um, and I, I just found um, uh, Christianity to be to to, to be much more uh, have 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 more veracity to it, um, and so you know leaned in my studies in that direction. Okay, so now, so like the reason I like keep kind of <laughs> asking these uh, clarifier questions is yeah. is because from the sounds of it, it it's like. And like I said, I, I'm like not discounting your spiritual experiences at all. I'm definitely not one to do that. Um, my my main point is is you actually do feel like someone that I want to like 
bring this topic up. And I'm not saying like you're necessarily doing this. So I, I guess maybe one more clarifier question before maybe we can get into more juicy stuff um, yeah. is, is do you dis so like you don't discount other people's spiritual experiences then from the sounds of it. So from that, do you think in a sense that people that are of other face, it's possible that they're, that they're connecting to something that is, that is maybe true about the universe in a sense. Yeah. So, so my take on, on other is other religious experiences and other religions is, 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 you know, I, I could talk about it a lot, but for, you know, two points that I can bring out here is, is first is that I think false views, I, I think people can have, have warranting reasons to believe false things. Right? I, right. I'm not one of those people that thinks because something is false, it can have no evidence and, and people don't have warrant um, to believe it. Right. So, so I just, I, I just, I just don't hold that, that view of evidence or, or warrant. I think, you know, I, so, I think that I'm warranted and believe a lot of things that I believe that I, that I'm almost, you know, I'm, I'm certain that I believe false things, but I, I hopefully I don't believe them for, for bad reasons or for, you know, no evidence or anything like that. So, so I, guess um, my, I, I just, I just grant that same charity to everybody. Right. So I guess my main point is, is like, what's happening. Like, like you want to still say that like some religions are wrong, but from the sounds yeah. of it, it sounds like you base a lot. Not, I'm not saying all, but I'm saying like a like a large portion of your basis for being a Christian. And like I said, I'm not trying to persuade you necessarily to not be yeah. Christian. I'm more trying to persuade people to be willing to kind of explore other areas of spirituality in a sense or other religions yeah. and, and stuff like that. So I guess my main point is, is like you, it doesn't seem like you have a basis to discount people's personal spiritual experiences. And then maybe they kind of do what you like similarly did where they like kind of connected with the text and the history of the religion and, and stuff like that. And they kind of go down that very similar path where, where the almost like, and I get this because, you know, I've had spiritual experience as well, where you just feel like you're spiritually dead inside. You feel disconnected from the world. The materialist worldview isn't necessarily doing it for you. And this isn't to say like any spiritual experiences are like real in a sense that, that you, you are necessarily getting insight into like what is objective in the universe. And it's not even necessarily discounting a materialist worldview. My main point is, is like, I don't, I just run into Christians that say, that their religion is the one true religion. You must follow my one true religion. And I just don't think they have a basis for that. So I guess not to like retread track. We've already tracked. Yeah. I feel like that was a mumble. But. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, and I know where, I know where you're going. So, uh, so let, let me give one clarification and then, and then I'll, and then I'll address that. So, um, because I, I do believe Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, right? You know, mm-hmm. no, no one comes through to the father, but through me. Right. I, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly believe that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the clarification that I would give, um, uh, when, when I, when I had my religious experience, it, it wasn't just kind of a, a grandiose existential angst. Um, so, you know, I, I, there, okay. there's, there's kind of a, a cheesy Christian argument. That's like when someone, when an atheist feel grateful, who are you grateful to? Um, and, and I understand that that's a cheesy art, you know, cheesy kind of cliche, but it's helpful for me to say, that during my, when I had my religious experience, it was not kind of this, this deep general existential angst disconnectedness to the universe. It was very specifically, 
um, I felt guilty and grievous and the need to apologize um, to a very specific person. <laughs> um, it, it was it was it was not a, a general. You know, I I, uh, I I don't hide it. I suffer from from clinical depression. Uh, I'm very aware of the feeling of just kind of general uh, moroseness. Um, this was not it. This was very clearly, uh, you know, for, for people who've had a religious experience, you understand the kind of inability to to, to verbalize the specific feeling of um, this was very, very specifically um, that I had wronged a very specific person, um, and that person was God. Um, so okay. it's, it's, it's not quite that general, uh, you know, right. naturalists can feel out of place and angst. That's, so, it's not quite as far as as far as the other question for for why I why I can say what I've said that 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 religious observance of other religions um, you know I don't I don't necessarily discount or say I don't have evidence or warrant but at the same time I can say I think they're wrong and I think that my religion is 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 the correct one mm-hmm. uh, is because uh, I mean there's there's a couple different reasons but the the main one is is uh, partly because I think that I'm warranted to believe that my religion is true. And if that's the case, um, then then Scripture very clearly tells us that all humanity is created in the image of God, um, that all that all humanity is is desperately seeking um, uh, to to be a God unto ourselves and to find um, uh, and to find truth in ourselves and truth and meaning apart from God. Um, so on the one hand, I think I think these religious experiences are very very much true in the sense that that I think that these they, they are. Um, the the image of God is 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 very clearly manifest in these persons. Um, however, uh, I do also agree with the Bible when it says uh, in in Romans one uh, that that uh, you know the the natural man apart from God tr- attempts to suppress the truth and unrighteousness. I think largely these religious experiences, which are attributed to false gods, false experiences, are kind of like when you when you're attempting to push down a carpet, uh, but the, the carpet won't play nice and it pops up somewhere else. Uh, I think yeah. I think these religious experiences just are that attempt uh, to suppress the truth about the one true God and creator of the cosmos. As we push it down, these religious experiences uh, may pop up uh, in other places as, 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 you know, the image of God in us is kind of not to make it too poetic or mystical, but the image of God is, 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 is somewhat uh, singing out and ringing out um, that we ought to be uh, worshiping the Creator, um, the, you know, the, the the one who has made us and redeemed us in Jesus Christ, um, rather than um, uh, l- largely rather than attempting to justify ourselves by our own uh, by our own means and measures, right? Because that that to me is the fundamental difference between Christianity and other religions uh, is that Christianity is a monergistic religion that that God has done. Um, all that is that all that is necessary and sufficient for salvation. Every other religion is uh, you. You better get your act together. You need to make yourself right. You need to make yourself savable. Um, and, and I and I think that that is that is destructive to the the human person. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily say every religion does that, but I don't. We don't. I don't want to like go down that point. <laughs> so I guess. Yeah, yeah. So my my so okay. Let me let me. I'm gonna like put forward this idea, and you can tell me if this seems like a, like a beneficial idea to do. So I want, Hey, Brendan. uh, Yeah. What's up? 
yeah, no, continue your thought, but uh, maybe so we can keep just keep the conversation just moving after after you give this thought. Uh, I think this would be helpful for Tyler now. Maybe you could kind of spell out why you're not a Christian, right? Like you have a theological yeah. framework, this kind of that's what pantheism, so that's, and maybe you kind of be helpful. <laughs> All right, awesome, awesome, great, great. So, so like my my idea was is like. So let, I'm going to kind of, and, and part of this is like my actual personal experience, but I want to like kind of know like how you would come back at it in a sense from like a Christian perspective, because I kind of want to like still understand like where you're coming from, but I also want you to like kind of understand where I'm coming from um, in a sense. So like, so like, for example, does that sound like a good idea? Yeah, no, it's absolutely, absolutely fine. Okay, so like I, I won't necessarily because like I'm gonna probably post this on my podcast feed, and I don't like being too expressive of how I achieve um, altered states. But um, <laughs> so let's just say I like entered a altered state, right? And let's for yeah. like let, let's use the code word um, meditation. And so through this meditation, we're gonna use and experiences even even with like a group of people sometimes, right? Um. For example, I saw a a like goddess that I've never never read about, never heard about, but it was a very real visual experience in my mind. I felt it, felt connected, I felt oneness, I felt, you know, a higher purpose, I felt like I was like given a message of what I should do in this world. All that stuff that's very common in spiritual experiences, right? I had that experience. Like it was to a T what people talk about. And I've had a few of those, right? Now, from that, I kind of started exploring various spiritual um, methods, I guess you could say, in various religions, even within Christianity. And I, and I like, I don't want to like get too into the nitty gritty of what we mentioned in the chat because I want to post this, but like I talked about it in the chat with you. I know you chimed in about like what I said about Jesus and we can get into that later, possibly we'll see where the conversation goes. Um, but also just like how Buddhism talks about this and, and, and stuff like that. So kind of like to generalize there. Um, and then from that, it kind of just like left me open to the possibility of this like kind of higher power. And this, and I, and I had these ideas of like, say, like kind of what I was discussing earlier, where it was like panpsychism, pantheism and cosmopsychism, stuff like that, where it, it kind of connected with my experience. So like my point of like saying all of this essentially is, is I had that kind of profound experience, right? And I had ideas before that fit with that profound experience. And then when my rational brain got back on, because when you're in those profound experiences, you're not really like, you're not really, your, your rationality is all out of whack. You don't know what's real and what's not <laughs> in, a, in a weird way. Right. But also you, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain this. Um, it's like, you don't know what's real, but you also like feel something that's more real. And that is, I'm not saying that what I experienced is the most real thing in the universe or it's transcendent. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that maybe it's possible. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> but my point is, is like that led me to create these reasons for my beliefs. So from a, from what I'm curious about is when I like say this experience and I know you're not like someone that would do this, but it's very common, and I want to know from a Christian that, like yourself, that I can tell is like very well read and like knows his shit. 
Because I hate it. The one thing I hate is when a Christian, like I'm trying to have an open dialogue with a Christian, for example, and I spill out my spiritual experience after they spilled out theirs. And then they say to me like, oh, you were just, that was like demonic forces trying to persuade you and, and they're trying to trick you and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah. I, you know, I just don't think a Christian has a way to discount what I experience. And then I also have a reason for my beliefs that connect with the worldview that seem to connect with science roughly. I'm not saying it's necessarily proven or anything like that. I don't really think anything's necessarily proven that much, but do you kind of like see where I'm going there? Like how would a Christian address yeah. that? Yeah, no, I know. I, I understand. And, and, um, uh, well, let me, let me, let me try to, to answer this uh, several different ways. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I think that it's I think that it's possible that some religious experiences are demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's entirely possible. Right. Because, I, um, I mean, I believe in demons. I believe in uh, possession. Right. Uh, you know, okay. those, those those types of those types of things. So it's entirely possible. Right. I also think that it's entirely possible um, that uh, that someone who is made in the image of God. Right. Um living in God's creation, because I, I don't, I don't, I don't hold necessarily that there's this hard dichotomy between the sacred and the secular, right? I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that, um, that, that, God, you know, there, there's, there's God in heaven and then that God has nothing to do. There's no spirituality in, in nature whatsoever. Right. I, I, I just, I just don't agree with that. I think a, a consistent biblical view is that uh, the earth is God's handiwork and, and the earth is God's throne. And there's, there's a, a very real, uh, unity between heaven and earth, right? That's why uh, when when the Book of Revelation talks about the the kind of the eternal state, it's not a dichotomy between heaven and earth. It's that we will live on the new heavens and the new earth. Um, there's there's a unity between the two. So I I just have no problem with um, the idea that uh, some someone made in the image of God post fall will have these these you know kind of um, mystical experiences um, that are somehow a touching of, um, of, of, of the soul of the Imago Dei with, with mm-hmm. the reality of the creation around them. However, with that said, um, I also believe, uh, and I, you know, I, I, have, I have an episode on this. This was actually the, the thesis of my senior uh, in, in theology, um, is that I also believe that the noetic effects of the fall, right, or the, or the thing that sin actually does to the is that it breaks down the creator-creature distinction, right? So um, before the fall, mentally, what I think would have happened, um, what would have been the case, is that we would do everything in proper relation to the creator. So we would have understood the first and most important thing about ourselves, and that is that we are created in God's image. Right. So I, I, think, I think that sin breaks down what, what Martin Buber used to call the I-thou distinction. Right. So, you know, previously we would have understood the first and most important thing about ourselves that grounds all the other knowledge of ourselves, which is just that we are created creatures. That that is the that is the fundamental thing uh, mm-hmm. characteristic about ourselves is that we are creatures in God's creation. So I think I always find it interesting that you know you, these religious experiences and I it, I don't mean to discount them in that, oh, oh you're demon possessed or you're delusional, you're an idiot or something like that. But what I, you know, I think you probably had a very real spiritual experience 
But when the understanding of that kind of reflectively starts to come back through and we're interpreting what did that mean, mm-hmm. when, when the unbeliever, when the non-Christian is doing that, it is going back through uh, a, a grid that has, that, that has fallen uh, from the noetic effects of sin. It is going back through and not adequately recognizing um, that, that the, the very real experience was a, a touching of, uh, of the image of God to the Creator, right? And so uh, I actually think what, what should be, uh, you know, to a Christian, a mystical experience, right? The, the monastics regularly had these experiences, but for them, it drew their attention to their Creator, what I find interesting in, the, in these experiences is that, is that they're very similar to what the monastics had, but rather than drawing their mind to the creator, it draws the mind to the self or the demolishment of the self, right? Pantheism I mean... ultimately ends the demolishment of self. And I would say, I would say that in a very real sense, Christianity, you know, God is most glorified we are glorified in who we are, right? It, it is, it is. It is when I, it is when I recognize that I am a creator, distinct and loved by uh, that God is most glorified. It's it's not that um, kind of has a strong motif of dying to. It's not in the sense of destruction to self and denial of self in the kind of existential sense. It's in it, it, it's it's the denial of self in the kind of ministerial sense where I place other people as more important than me in my service. Right. Does that does that kind of make sense? Um, yeah. So I think. Okay. So like, and let me see how I want to phrase this. Um, so like, I get what you're saying, but it's still from that point of view, it feels as though like you're still saying because like it's kind of like you're presupposing, and, and mm-hmm. like, like, let me kind of finish my thought. Presupposing your doctrine to then validate your spiritual experience. Right. Um, and like, and also, and and the reason I kind of feel safe saying this now, because now they're kind of doing more, (laughs) luckily there's more, uh, research studies being done around these spiritual experiences, which I find interesting. So I feel like more of this stuff will start coming to light from years. At least I hope that's my optimistic worldview at least. Um, and there's a lot of like uniting spiritual experiences people have. Um, and I feel like you kind of took your own interpretation and maybe I'm doing the same thing here, but my understanding is as although some spiritual experiences are very inward and destructive of the self, for example, right? And I agree with that. You're on the nose with that point. However, when that destructive of the self and that connectedness is starting to be talked about, it's usually in reference to this connection to some higher divine. And a lot of times they describe that v- divine as a God figure, a God energy, a divine energy. And they also describe it in a, how do I like word this without trying to not get woo woo. Cause I'm not really a woo woo person. Um, <laughs> um, it's, they describe it in the sense that they become connected to that in the, like the higher purpose idea. And that's like a very, I think that's like a, what Christianity desires for people in a sense is they desire for people to seek the path of Christianity, to speak the way of Jesus, right? And to seek that so that they get the connection to the divine. 
And also the, the other way to say it, and this is something like Jesus talked about, is the idea of unconditional love. That's a very another common theme in these kind of spiritual experiences people have, even when they don't connect it to Christianity. These spiritual experiences of feeling of the divine and unconditional love. So it's, it, it is that destruction of the self so that you can connect with that divine. So the reason I like find that important is, is I don't want to say you're like affirming my beliefs, but <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, right. how do I say this? It's, it still feels like, and maybe someone can like jump in to like have us have better clarifier questions. Cause maybe I'm just like misunderstanding you. Um, it feels like you're trying to to say like your personal experience almost has more validity. And, I, and I'm not saying you're saying that because you're also like bringing in the doctrine. However, you're kind of like assuming the doctrine by doing that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying there? Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely just jump do. in real quick. I, yeah. Yeah. No, if I, just by way of clarification. Um, yeah. So, and uh, Tyler, same thing, just like uh, as Brendan was saying, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so what I understand you to be saying, I, I don't understand Tyler to be assuming uh, his position. I think he's just – he's basically trying to give an account right. for non-Christian religious experience through the paradigm of his Christian worldview, right? He oh, has a yeah, worldview and he's trying right, he's trying to account for it. So it's you can almost see it as a conditional, right? Given Christian theism – this is how Tyler accounts for a wide spectrum of religious belief. And then he's going to appeal to things like the noetic offense, effects of sin, which is kind of like a fancy, maybe Tyler can, can uh, dive into more into that. But the way I, just, I understand that is it's just kind of like a fancy theological way to describe the effects that sin has on our cognitive faculties, you know, or spiritual characteristics. And so we have a distinction between experience right so religious experience and then the interpretation of that experience and i think from a christian perspective non-christians can have experiences that put them in touch with something objective but because they're you know they haven't been they, they haven't uh uh their their spirit hasn't been rejuvenated by god there's they're not going to have a proper interpretation of that experience is is that something is that is that somewhat correct close to what you're saying tyler yeah i mean yeah thank you for that um i i would actually the the only caveat is that i would actually think that that my claim is somewhat stronger than that actually so um i i understand that this might make it more challenging to accept my view but you know in in the name of intellectual honesty i i have to say that i think that i'm even claiming more than that um i I absolutely agree that what I'm doing is trying to, to give an account for these religious experiences given Christianity. Um, what I would say, though, now, uh, again, remember, I gave the difference between um, kind of what what in, in, in kind of by, by providence, how I came to believe and what I think ought to make people believe. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would actually argue that I think the, the truth of, of Christianity, that, that, you know, the, the triune God revealed in the Bible is true, uh, is a necessary precondition to rationality. So I would say not only, um, is it the case that this would be a, a kind of how I would understand it given Christianity, I would actually go so far as to say, um, even if even if how I'm reconciling it with Christianity is is 
not the case. So may, maybe I'm wrong that, that given Christianity, this is how we ought to understand the noetic effects, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it all is demon possession, but I'm with you that that not only feels crass and incomplete, but it also feels kind of reflexively self-destructive in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that what I would actually, you know, what I would go further is to say that if Christianity were not the case, um, then I don't think there's any intelligible way to understand not only religious experience, but any experience, because I think the truth of Christianity just is a necessary precondition to rationally understand any experience. Okay. Right? So, so I'm, I, I, you know, whether or not you agree with that or not, that I, I would, I, I just wanted to, you know, lay all my cards on the table. And I think it's somewhat a stronger claim, though I, though I think Urias was giving a very charitable uh, summary of what I did say. Uh, I need, can, can you unpack that like a little bit? Like why is rationality not the case or like doesn't yeah. really, we can't make a rational coherent worldview without Christianity. Yeah. So, so there's a, there's a couple of things. One of them, and I, and I think this came up, I, I don't know if it was you or Urias that this, this came up with. Uh, I know it's come up with, with others that are, that are here listening. And, and that is that, um, I don't think that we come to these questions neutral. So when we say, okay, well, give me evidence for this, give me evidence for that, I don't think anyone is coming to the table neutral. I think what we are, what we are just inevitably in is a battle of worldviews, and our worldviews bring certain presuppositions and evidentiary standards and plausibility structures and, and cognitive frameworks and, and so on and so forth. And so when, when, we're, when we're trying to understand these things, I just don't think that we're neutral. Uh, so when I when I come to these questions, you know, I, I believe that Christianity is true. I think Christ is 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 the Lord and Creator of all, and so and so therefore I'm I'm not I'm not committed to say that for the sake of argument I need to grant that that logic is possible uh, on you know possible apart from God because given my worldview nothing is possible apart from God, right? So. So there, there's that kind of, I, I agree with you that I'm presupposing that. I just don't think that's a problem because I think we all come with presuppositions. I'm just trying to be as epistemologically self-aware um, and, and state my presuppositions uh, <laughs> for everyone to see. I, you know, I, I'm, right. I'm, very, I'm very comfortable with them. Um, so I would, I would actually argue that if, you know, I've given this argument in, if you go and read uh, in, in, the, in the discord that we all share, because I know this is. Uh, being recorded for elsewhere. Uh, not everyone's in the Discord, but uh, if you go to, you know, Arguments for God 1 at the very beginning, I give this argument. Uh, the deductive version would be something like, if God did not exist, then we could not coherently affirm transcendental facts of reality. Uh, transcendental facts of reality are just, they're not, these are not, um, it doesn't mean transcendence as an outside, it's just a transcendental fact, as I'm sure you know, but just for those listening, is a is a necessary condition for rationality to be possible, right? So um, the laws of logic, um, the uniformity of nature, the existence of uh, the existence of uh, um, uh, intentional minds, um, the, the 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 intelligible mapping of those minds onto reality, the realness of the past, the ability for induction, right? You have you have all of these transcendental facts that are required before we can even be rational. Right. Right. Um, I, I think that we obviously can be rational. I think we are attempting to be rational now. Um, I think that's a that's a trivial premise. 
but by modus tollens, that gets us that, that God must exist, right? So I understand that's the controversial premise, right? So I'm going to say, well, not only based on my Christian conviction that God is the creator of all things and thus has imbued us uh, as image bearers with the ability to reason within a rationally ordered cosmos, uh, I'm going to say that I, that I find the impossibility of the contrary, right? I find, I find no other worldview with the kind of... Um, the, the kind of ontic ability to ground and explain these things, right? So um, I, I don't think simply saying that they are brute facts will do it. I don't think saying that they're, they're simply axioms that we have to assume to be rational because that just uh, clearly begs the question. I don't think Platonism works because largely I just don't think it's coherent. Uh, I don't think alternative religious systems work uh, because I think uh, one of those transcendental facts um, is the unity and diversity equally of the one and the many, right? That, that old philosophical problem, um, which I think, uh, which I think a tritheistic, uh, God, uh, of, of Christianity does explain and ground. So I, I think it, uh, it is, it is the, the necessary precondition for that. So again, you don't have to agree with that, but these are the reasons why I would, why I would make the stronger claim that I, that I don't merely, I'm not merely trying to do a hypothetical, if Christianity is true, then this is how I would explain it. I would actually make the bolder claim that because Christianity is true, um, there, there's, there's, there's no intelligible way to understand these religious experiences apart from uh, the God of Christian theism. If I can just jump in real quick. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I, I think... Um, Tyler's claim is even stronger than what I'm about to say right now. Tyler isn't even saying that uh, Christianity best explains a priori mathematical, moral, all the, the, these these sets of truths. I think right. Tyler's claim is, is it's not even an inference to the best explanation. It, it's 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 a necessary condition. Christianity has to be true in order for well, us to make sense of, of the rest of this wider. Is that what you're saying? Let me so. So I think that I can say that, although, again, for for simple um, kind of discussion, this isn't really a formal debate, but for debate decorum, for debate tactics, you could say, um, I actually think that I could make the abductive statement also, right? So so that's the deductive version. I also think that I can say, given the fact that we can coherently affirm transcendental facts of reality, it is more plausible that Christian theism is true given the features of Christian theism and given the apparent inability of other worldview systems to do the same, right? So I think that I can run an abductive version of the same argument uh, and have high levels of warrant um, and justification whereby if someone cannot provide a more plausible alternative, that actually adds to the warrant. Not in the sense of the Christian saying, well, can you disprove God? Therefore, I can prove God. I'm saying this, this argument gives a very good warrant for something. And if there is no defeater for it, that itself is an additional warrant for why we ought to believe it the case in this abductive sense. So, okay, that's, I kind of like this. Okay, um, let's see where we can take this. Uh, so, like, I my really inter- like this, by the way, so... <laughs> Okay, good. You, you kind of like it. I really like it. So I'm enjoying this immensely. Yeah, no, I like where you steered it because, okay, so like this is where you're going to, let me see if I want to like throw this out there, but it's like an idea that I'm still trying to understand myself. Um, yeah. Okay, so from the sounds of it, 
is it sounds like you are basically understanding, and I, and I think I kind of got this in the chat. So like I said, I'm willing to say, I don't know if you ask me a question that I honestly don't know, because I'm one that is not afraid to say that. Okay. So from what I, what you said, my interpretation of that and understanding of that is that you're basically making this presupposition and you're putting faith in that. Now, but like before, so a lot of people get like defensive of this idea. I think we put faith, everyone has to put faith in something. And that is my, the reason behind that is, is because I think humans also have this misunderstanding of our ability to like clearly reason to our beliefs and like hold this completely coherent and understandable worldview. I just think it's not within human possibility to do that. Like we're never going to understand everything. That is like kind of my understanding. We're never going to do that. So like when you pull that back is you start realizing, Oh, like my reason isn't perfect. So I'm not going to fully understand stuff and I'm going to have to put faith in stuff essentially. So my understanding is you kind of put faith in that, like, cause that's what makes sense for you to create your worldview. Is that a fair assessment? And then I'll kind of dive in. Um, I, I think, I, I think it may be a fair assessment. If, if I understand what you mean by, by faith, Um, Mm -hmm. That's not typically how I would use faith, but I think I know what you mean. Okay. Um, Right. Because typically in in the, in the Christian tradition, not kind of the, you know, new atheist, you know, critiques of, of religion, right. In the, in the Christian tradition, um, faith acts, isn't an act of the intellect. It's, it's an act of the will, right. Right. It's it's a Mm -hmm. faith. Faith is a volitional thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So, so I'm not, I'm not sure that, that I would use faith, in kind of Christianese sense for that. But if I understand what you mean by faith, uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe, maybe by faith, you don't, you don't, I don't think you mean something as crass as the, you know, the new atheists do by, you know, just complete blind something without any evidence whatsoever. Ca- yeah. Like um, calculated faith. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, um, uh, you know, it's, um, uh, I mean, I, at that point I would say, well, I, I'm not, do you mean just something by it's it's a it's a reasonable inference that we just we feel that we just have to go on to make progress? Uh yeah, honestly, kind of. Um it's like something that if we're going to try to understand this wondrous cosmos in a sense, we kind of have to start putting faith in certain things to try to best understand what we possibly can. So, now some people will interpret that as I'm saying everything's subjective. That's not necessarily true because they're could be yeah. objective truth out there, but I am kind of willing to say that as humans, it's, I, I don't know if I want to assert this. I'm willing to possibly ascribe myself to the idea that although objective truth can be out there, we don't know it once we hit it. Um, for sure. For, like, with certainty where you're like saying, this is absolutely true. So like the reason yeah. I kind of brought this, like I feel like we're on the same page with the faith thing. And the reason I brought this up is, is there's like, so I, I know I brought it up in the chat, but I like had to describe it. And I know you might disagree with this, but I think it's often because it's mischaracterized and also because maybe I'm just like not fully understanding it yet. But Nolan Gertz put forward this idea around nihilism where he almost like puts this like psychological spin on nihilism where it's not necessarily like saying that, like trying to argue for like this philosophical worldview of nihilism. It's more like 
observing something about the human condition, the human condition of understanding that as humans, we have to put faith in things. And as humans, we're creators of ideas. And basically, we're creators. We're creators of ideas that turn into things. Like, I mean, for example, like the buildings and skyscrapers we see in a big city that started as an idea that manifested from some some idea and then became a creation. That's what we do as humans. And we put faith in things in that other sense that we talked about earlier. So my point with, with nihilism is, it's like almost this understanding that we have to do this creation of, say, values, purpose, meaning, and all this stuff. And like, at first, that sounds like it's a, like it's some sort of absurdism or existentialism. But the reason is what I like find interesting about your, about your worldview is that it's almost like you know that you're doing this kind of faith assessment and like, you can still like, and I'm not like, I'm saying what I'm trying to say to you is, is like, you can still try to convince people of Christianity, but I still feel like you should be open to people pursuing spirituality and not actually feel like guilty for not trying to persuade them otherwise. Because like what, from my interpretation of kind of your worldview, and I, and I could be wrong on this assessment because it's, you know, I'm, this is like an hour long conversation. I'm trying to understand you, but it's yeah. almost like a passive nihilism. And what that means is, is like you, you understand this reality of the human condition, but you've decided that, okay, I'm going to find within the traditions that we have, within, within all this like kind of human creation, I'm going to pick the worldview that I feel comfortable with. And that's where you found Christianity. And then on the flip side, and, and there's, and I'm not putting like a value judgment on which one's better and which one's worse. It's, it's not that it's, I know you said there's like nothing neutral, but it's, I'm trying to remain neutral about what both of these mean. And then there's the other side where it's more of like this active nihilism, where it's basically saying that, okay, we under, we both understand this human condition, right? You have the past nihilist and the active nihilist, but the active nihilist is saying, okay, I get that we're not going to know and we have to create stuff. Now, maybe I can like borrow from those other ideas, but like, let's try to create stuff and like discuss what outcomes we want. And I f- like, that's kind of what I like. And, and you can push back because I'm, I'm trying to f- make this idea more persuasive to people. Um, but that's, that's the feeling I get from you at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and like I said, it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing to be a passive nihilist. It's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think you're, you're making it as like a, you're terrible. Um, no, I'm definitely not doing that. Uh, I, I have, uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that. So let me, let me see if I can organize some of them. Um, I, I said this in the, in the, in the chat between us that mm-hmm. at, at that point, I'm not sure that nihilism is a helpful kind of heuristic to understand these things because the term just becomes so broad then that it, that it covers a whole host of views, many of which are contradictory. Mm-hmm. Um, that, it, that it just, it just kind of becomes a, a term with no teeth. Um, so, so at, at that point, and, and it's, and I, I also, I just, I just recognize that I have a, a, a person it could, let's call it a personality defect, uh, where I don't like new uses of words mm-hmm. that will make you misunderstand if you read that word from prior generations. Right. So, so let me, let me so, add a quick clarifier to that. So it's actually, Maybe you might be correct in that sense, but it's more of like, how do I say this? <laughs> Nolan Gertz is basically trying to pull in historical like nihilists, such as like, and Nietzsche was technically not a nihilist, but he kind of 
was in a way. That's that's a whole. We could do a whole. We could do a whole discussion on that. So like, let's not get into that too much. But <laughs> um, it's more of like basically saying that the interpretation of what that word means has been kind of warped because there is still nihilist people that practice nihilism or they think they are. Um, and that, but that's not what I'm they're attributing all, they're it to. They're all over Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. So, I, but, but I mean, we could put a pin, you know, that, that's just my own personality defect where I, I, you know, I, right. I, I kind of sniff out, well, at least to me, it kind of has the smell of, we're going to make this, this meaning. And it's not really kind of the way that we've historically understood that term in the literature. Uh, and so I, I just, I recognize that I have that personality defect defect that that makes me really hesitant to say that that's a reasonable use of the term because I just foresee that it's going to cause way more confusion reading the literature down the road. Um, be, beyond that though, uh, the, where I, where I would want to push back in two ways. One of them is that, you know, I, I mean, for anyone who's familiar with presuppositionalism, um, they're usually familiar with kind of a, uh, a kind of presuppositionalist that most most um, academic presuppositionalists really don't like. Um, and, and, and it's hard to say why we don't like it, because philosophically we agree with kind of the popularizers of it. But methodologically and tactically, we really don't. So, um, and, and, you know, for those of you who have a bad taste, when you hear the term presuppositionalist, you, you just intrinsically know why and who I'm talking about. I don't want to necessarily, like, throw people under the bus. Um, so I, I would say that, that I am being consistent in, in my presuppositionalism and my, in my Christianity by, by saying... I, I not, I'm not pushing for a kind of Cartesian certainty, so I'm with you. I don't, I don't actually think that outside of either deductive or mathematical or kind of tautological truths that we can have any type of certainty whatsoever. Right? I, I'm, not, I'm not pushing for kind of that, that psychological state of, of having certainty, right? Because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think certainty really is an epistemic condition. I think it's a psychological condition, right? It, it, it is... You know, certainty is having a certain level of conviction about something, right? Right. Um, Philosophically, I know something simply if I have, you know, warranted true belief or justified true belief, I should say. Right. So. Right. um, Right. So I I just I just don't think that we have to have kind of a Cartesian state of psychological certainty to say that we know things or that we know objectively true things. So I also have no problem saying that I can I can bump up against and I can know objectively true things, even in the condition where I'm lacking, you know, the, the psychological state of certainty. I, I just right. I just don't have a problem with that. So I think that's probably why I'm not going to be really convinced by by Gertz or, or those types of views, just because I don't see that I just don't see the problem that they're trying to address. So, okay, so maybe this, maybe I need to, like, clarify more and maybe use an example here to help. Um, so, like, from, from my understanding, what you're putting forward is, is like, you, you basically understand that. And, like, the reason you don't find really value in it is almost like, it's almost like you already just know that. But the thing is, a lot of people don't know that. There's a lot of people that 
believe that they can be absolutely certain about something. And that's why I find value in it is because it kind of, it's like this way of like zapping you out of this like idea that humans have that we can be absolutely certain of something and have that, that certainty that you were talking about. Right. So that's kind of where I find value in it. But like to kind of bring up an example, I'm not saying all atheists do this. Some atheists will say like, I am absolutely certain there is no God. But then there's a lot of atheists that will say they maybe not consciously, maybe it's subconsciously, they kind of like accept this, this nihilist idea, but we don't even have to use that idea because I know that term freaks people out sometimes, but we'll say like they understand that they're putting faith in something, right? Um, they, but they're, what they're doing is, is like, they're still kind of, they're saying they're calculating like you are, like they're saying, okay, they lack the belief in God, for example. I know you get that example all the time. So they're saying like, sure, we like, we don't know everything that's going on, but we don't have the evidence to believe and say like the Christian God, for example, do you hear where I'm going with that? It's where it's like, it almost like the reason I like find all this stuff important in this discussion important in, in the discussion brought up about spirituality is because it's almost like a way to zap people out of this idea of this, like they can be absolutely certain about stuff and create like this level playing field to create more peaceful discussions. Because once you realize that the human condition is not being able to grasp onto that absolute truth, all of a sudden the doors of what is possible, what you can be curious about, what you can explore, what you can understand about ethics and all this stuff, even in science, everything, the doors just open and it creates this level playing field where we can actually have a discussion where it's not like this us versus them mentality that, oh, they think they have the truth. No, I think I have the truth. And it just creates this like butting heads effect. So I kind of like, <laughs> I just kind of spilled the purpose of everything I'm trying to do here. No, I, I, I and, and I get, I get the sentiment. I mean, in, in, in Christianity, right? So there, there's, there's passages where, you know, the, the, the children of Israel were in exile in Babylon. Uh, and Jeremiah is writing, look, while, while you're in Babylon, uh, you know, uh, seek the peace of the city that you're in, right? While, while you're in exile among others, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not to be pugnacious and rambo. You're, you're, you know, work hard to, to make the city that you live in, you know, this, this pagan city, seek right. the peace of the city. <laughs> um, you know, so there, I, I understand the impulse. I would still, I would still push back and say, well, again, I'm, I'm not a nihilist in the sense that I, that I deny the fact that 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 we we you know we we can't rub up against objective truth. I don't think we are being creative um, in in our our moral epistemology. I don't think we're being creative in our medicine. I don't think we're being creative in our epistemology. And I would go back to say you know give, given Christian theism, um, these experiences are intelligible because Christianity can ground these transcendental facts of reality. I, I would simply push back that I think what is what is sacrificed in trying to to kind of go it alone without God, so to speak, in these other ways, is that you are you are sacrificing, um, you know, epistemic consistency in that regard. That I that I just think that that these in the in these other attempts of, of worldviews to to understand these experiences. Mm-hmm. You're, it, it necessarily now happens in kind of a, a baseless way. Like you're, you're, you know, Van, Van Til had this, this fun little <laughs> cliche of saying you're sitting on God, God's lap to slap God in the face, right? Here, here he's speaking of, you know, people who are trying to use reason to deny God, you know, but, but we, 
we could equally say, well, people are sitting on God's lap to say that you don't need to sit on God's lap. Um, you know, I, I, so I would push in, in, in that direction. I mean, at this point, we've been going for a long time, and we've, you and I have been talking for a long time. I think um, we had wanted to get, you know, if people are enjoying this conversation, I think I'm happy to continue. Um, but I, but I also want to be sensitive that there's, we're in a, yeah. a huge room full of lots of people. And we had a couple of the people who, who we had agreed were going to be part of this conversation. So, um, let, let me just do like one closing thought to like kind of wrap up. I feel like I'm trying to create like a full circle connection of what I was trying to say the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah. so like my point of like my worldview it connecting with this is, is like, so basically what I'm trying to say is I agree with you that we have to presuppose things and we had to like kind of make that going back to kind of what we somewhat agreed upon around faith. We have to make this faith assessment in something and we have to decide where we're going to put our, you know, beliefs towards and what we're going to create with that. And I know you don't like the term creation, but kind of basically maybe not creation or let's say learn. Right. So from that position, right. What, can we ground things to? And that's where I kind of before brought up that kind of broad idea around God, where A, I have these personal, transcendent, divine uh, feeling of connectedness experiences. I connect them to a worldview that kind of connects with A, I try to connect it with science. I try to connect it with various perspectives, various perspectives in, in spirituality. I'm also a big fan of perennial philosophy, which is kind of this idea that along with pantheism, not necessarily pantheism, so I don't want to put that in this category, but perennial philosophy where it's this idea that all religions are kind of at one point we're pulling from this one feeling and understanding of truth and all this stuff. But my main point is, is like it's still, I, I get what you're doing is you're trying to ground something in God so that we have something like a, like a foundation to build upon. And I'm trying to do the same thing. So like all I'm trying to say is, and I know you disagree with this. So we probably just have to end up agreeing to disagree so we can open it to others. But in the sense that I'm trying to ground it on something that we can build upon, but also that is more accepting of the human condition and human reality that we have this limited capacity of what we can possibly know. So we need to remain open to those possibilities. So basically my, maybe my, my big assertion about life and like why I form the beliefs I do is that I understand, A, I don't know. B, I have limitations of what I can know, so I need to find a worldview that leaves me open while also helping me move along and make sense of it and make sense of the experience I'm having. That's all. Right, and, and, to, and, to, that, and to that degree, I would say that, that Christianity is, in my, you know, in my estimation, the one that does that, right? Because, um, you know, built in is the creator-creature distinction right. I, you know, I brought up earlier. There's, I, I have every reason on Christianity to, to believe um, that, that I, you know, I, I, I am going, I am, I am finite and limited and there's no way, there's no sense I am going to understand and unfurl and grasp all of the, the, the beauty and the majesty and the complexity and the truth and the, you know, everything that is in, you know, in not only God's good creation, but, all, but in, in the, you know, in the really real, in kind of the philosophical sense, uh, mm -hmm. of, of God himself. Right. So, so I, I mean, I think, I think all of that, gets there. And I, and I would say that, again, I, I think there's good reason to believe that, that God is a necessary precondition for that. But I would also, you know, in, in, in a kind of quasi, and this is, you know, a, a, converse, a topic for a totally different conversation, because it's 
I'm now opening the door to a huge other topic, um, almost in a Pascalian sense. Um, I would say that Christianity is the only worldview that even gives a potential for any meaningful sense uh, of, of hope, truth, beauty, and justice. Um, and, and, and I think that those are significant, um, significant values that we ought to seek in reality. Um, right. And if Christianity not only is the one, only one that can found, uh, you know, can ground and explain the, 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 the rationality um, and, and the coherence of reality, I think Christianity is also the only one uh, that, that can ground any type of meaningful sense uh, of hope, beauty, and justice as well. So uh, I, think, I think Christianity not only is, is the necessary precondition for kind of the rational life of the human, uh, but also the, the, the existential um, and, and kind of, you know, spiritual, again, not in the woo sense, but spiritual aspect of humanity as well. Well, I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Please come back to the Freed Thinker podcast for some more great content. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, condemnations, or commendations, please feel free to email freedthinkerpodcast at gmail.com. Visit the blog, freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com, or come on by the Freed Thinker group page on Facebook. Again, I hope you enjoyed this content. Good night, and God bless.